This is Framed, a podcast where a group of friends get together once a week to talk about movies, what we liked about them, what we didn't like, and how they're made. I'm Elliot. I'm Robert. I'm Phil. And I'm Brennan. So this week, we did Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, It's a drama, I'd say a dark comedy even, Mm. um, that focuses on... Mildred? Francis McDormand. Nope, that's the actor. That's the actor. Mildred. Mildred Hayes. <laughs> Mildred Hayes, yes. Uh, focuses on Mildred Hayes' feud uh, with the town's police department as she feels they are not doing enough to investigate her daughter's murder. Yep. And then hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Hilarity. One of the funniest movies of the year. <laughs> Real knee slapper. So, uh, just round robin of opinions first. It was great. Okay, Phil, why don't you go first yeah. since you you spoke? Uh, yeah, no, uh, Robin, uh, Robin, hello, Robert got to towards this with his intro. The fact that it's listed as a drama, but I found it to be near, especially near the end, much more of a dark comedy. Like there mm. are a lot of humorous elements to it. So, like. Mm, Throughout the entirety of Shape of Water, I was just kind of struck by how simple the story was, and I kept expecting it to, like, pull the rogue out from under me, but never did, story-wise. This one, like, within 30 minutes, I was just like, where on earth is this going now? And I loved that feeling. It was, yeah, I thought, very mm, well agreed. structured story-wise. Uh, I mean, as all of these, like, highliner, like, movies, its acting is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, no, I very much enjoyed it. I'd say it's like an 8.5, 8 out of 10. Nice. Elliot? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, like Phil, uh, there were several points where I had absolutely no idea where the story was going. Um, and in in this age of, of like, cookie-cutter plots where everybody's copying each other, that was, that was very refreshing. Um, yeah, acting was just superb throughout. The, the cast was perfect. Um, <clears throat> The dialogue was really sharp. Um, felt everything felt really natural. Um, there were a few places, I guess, that the movie dragged a little bit for me, where it felt like it was a bit too long. But I, that's kind of a, a niggle when you look at the whole thing. Overall, I thought this was a uh, a very stylish, very uh, well thought out uh, drama slash black comedy. Cool, Brennan. Well, I, as well, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I enjoy movies where I like trying to figure out who did it. And towards the end, spoiler, 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 don't find out really actually who did it. But you can keep your mind wandering. But I, which I love endings like that as well. Sometimes, depending on the movie, sometimes I won't like it. But for the most part, I like movies that open-ended end, yeah where it's like oh this could have gone this way this way put your own ending kind of to it mm-hmm. um it flow i felt like it flowed really well overall pretty good movie love, yeah love I the re- cast 
the cast yeah. I thought was extremely strong throughout. I really enjoyed the movie too. Um, I pretty much agreed with all the points that you guys made. Um, but probably my favorite part uh, was just how well the characters were written and how um, complex all of them were to the point yeah. where you had a really hard time hating anyone and you just <laughs> were like, uh, okay, okay, I, uh, well, now that, now that you say that, I under, but, but you're against the, uh, yeah, definitely and, with uh, the only person that I like really at first couldn't stand was Dixon, but then towards the end, it completely got flipped around and yeah. Yep. His character just, is such a roller coaster. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, uh... The priest did nothing wrong, though. <laughs> Literally came in for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Thanks for dropping in, Father. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that might have been the first time that I laughed uh, in the film, actually. Was yeah, I, <laughs> I was I just very with... well delivered. Just, <laughs> well, thanks for coming, Father. <laughs> I, I agree with Phil that the movie like gets funnier in the back half. Yes. Like the first part of it's pretty dark and then it kind of like becomes it kind of morphs into a black comedy the more well, it goes on. Like the actions of the characters take turn into like it becomes more and more absurdist as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Like the the part where so since Brendan already said spoilers, I'm just gonna assume we're just gonna talk through Yeah, most spoilers, of the... spoilers, spoilers. Gosh, say spoilers, man. Um, just the part, like, where, uh, Dixon's reading the letter the chief of police left behind for him, and he's listening to this <laughs> wonderful music, and, like, the whole police station's on fire. It just, it just it has such a, like, surreal feeling as it approaches the end of the movie. Especially it, when the, the letter is telling him that he was cut out to be a detective, and right. he's literally not noticing fire. It's, like, so out of left fire. field. It's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, so wonderfully absurd near the end of it. So I, I enjoyed um, that aspect of it. The yeah. There's I I when you mentioned it, I do agree that there are some dragging points in the movie and some scenes that I thought were a little. Eh, could could have been cut. The three the 3D deer wasn't doing it for me. I'm sorry. Ooh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was not nominated for uh, 3D deers. I yeah, it, it kind of made me pine for the uh, the fish man from Shape of Water. <laughs> we're Longing gonna talk for the about fish man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That probably could have been cut and we would have been fine. It was just Or that you can hire deer. Like there are <laughs> there are deer for filming. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in Missouri. I'm pretty sure this was shot on location. I, um, I yeah. I haven't but had a chance to look this up yet. I'm gonna do I it right now. Either you do that. While I continue to say that I know you can rent deer, it's expensive, but the they had the budget for it. Why didn't they just rent a deer? I don't understand. It probably would have been cheaper than doing a CG deer, honestly. <laughs> well, apparently there is no Ebbing, Missouri. No, it's in Texas. The oh. well, well, the they true story. That I don't know, but the true story aspect where they got the story from, I believe, is was in Texas. <clears throat> I, w- I, I know was it wondering. wasn't in Missouri, but yeah, he was driving through some town. Uh, the writer director Martin uh, Mc, Mc, McDonough Mc, uh, McDonough. Okay. Mc, sure, that's what whatever it is. Brennan just said. I don't know how to say uh, it, but it's driving Mc, and saw uh, billboards attacking a police department, and that. 
gave hmm. him the idea. And he claims, I'm not sure if I believe it, but he claims that he only wrote one draft of this and then shot that first really? draft. Really? Really? Yeah. Huh. Which, as like rough as what they actually were saying, all the dialogue seemed very polished and very thought through. So It did, yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen anything else of his, though, so I don't have a really good, like, comparison. This felt to me like a Coen Brothers movie, almost. Yes. Mostly because Francis McDormand was in it, but the the mixture of violence with with black comedy was was giving me Coen Brothers vibes. This was a little bit more serious and less absurdist. The Coen Brothers tend to be more, like... uh, oversized in, in terms of their uh uh the, the the level with which things escalate by the end of the movie sure this so, felt a little bit more like it could have actually happened my comment to my wife when we were done watching this was that all of the characters seemed so absurd on the one hand mm-hmm. but so believable on the right. other with the exception of the zoo girl whatever her <laughs> name the was. 19-year-old ex-husband's yeah. girlfriend yeah, yeah um, she she seemed was she was kind of the only character in the the movie yes. though used well i think to like mm-hmm. bring in some comedy at the right moment uh-huh. No, no. Um, she, she every time she was on screen, I was I was laughing. Yes, yeah. she you was know, we've got though. a knife to dad's throat, and then she comes in. Oh, where's the bathroom? You yeah. know what? You're busy. Never. I'll just <laughs> like, Penelope. It, I felt Penelope, the same. Yeah. I, I felt the same way though about the uh, the uh, priest yeah. scene. I felt like that wasn't yeah. that was more comedy based, not really needed in the story, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was it was trying to really set up that she was alone in her fight, that yeah. the town wasn't with her still. Um, mm. So I would say that it served a story purpose, but I think it was nothing that we wouldn't have figured out, you know, 10 minutes later when we were at the dentist or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, so um, what I was kind of noticing by the end of the movie is that ultimately her her billboards don't do anything for all of the uh angst that it put everybody through you know the the billboards themselves didn't really achieve anything yeah i don't know if i agree with you on that what 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 would you it it might have sped along uh the uh wilby's uh suicide i think like he well, says in the letter, it didn't affect him, but like he, yeah, but he had uh, the he had pancreatic yeah, cancer. Yeah, he had the pancreatic was, cancer, right? He was but... gonna. You could argue he would have. He was he dying anyway. Gone right. that direction, regardless. I don't know. Just a oh. stray observation. If the billboards weren't made, the uh, the great uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Dixon would have thrown the guy out the window. Oh, that's true. Okay, so, so and then we wouldn't have had him pouring him a glass of orange juice, and then where would what he a been? beautiful moment <laughs> that scene had me so on edge. I was just like, oh, I know, no. I thought for sure that he was gonna throw Dixon out the window or like stab him or something. Just like, Wait, <laughs> oh, I'll throw it. Okay, yeah, 
just put the straw through his hand instead of, you know, <laughs> in the orange juice. How, who all cringed on the dentist scene? Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, that was full knees to face cringing. Yeah. Just, ah. Uh? Ah. I don't know. Medical medical school has deadened me a little bit. Like I, I winced a little bit, but it, it was it was pretty well shot for the. Okay, so remind remind me of something real quick. So when they're talking, when Wallaby comes in and says no one's complained, and then Dixon's like, "Yeah, these two people complained." He said it was the fat dentist. Dentist, yeah. and then he said, "What was the other one?" The lady oh, with the lady with a crazy eye. Crazy or eye, or whatever. Eye. See, I feel like because they never showed her. I felt like instead of the priest having a lady with a crazy eye that would have been cl- closer to the family being Wait, like sense? have the priest be, priest be complaining about the billboards? Or No, what just do you mean? vice versa have well, or the priest, but I was thinking more since they already are saying lady with a crazy eye and since they're, and then the dentist, since they're already showing the, her attacking the dentist, having, instead of a priest, maybe like a nun with a crazy eye come in and have that scene. Does that make sense? Yeah, you wanted it to be tied back in. Yeah. Or, established character. Yeah. Um, for me, not to only sing praises of the script itself because I <laughs> thought that it was shot well and acted well. And oh yeah, that, I want to talk but, about the cinematography at some point. Um, but I loved how we set up rules for the universe and then broke them. Yeah. Um, and and did it really well. And what I mean by that is we had the flashback, which was a very emotional and dark scene mm-hmm. where um. Mildred tells her daughter, I hope you get raped, um, right before she goes out and gets raped and murdered. Right. Um, so we, we set up this, uh, this rule of, okay, in this movie, basically prophecy happens, you know, when we say something, right. it's going to come through. And then 40 minutes later or whatever in, uh, Mildred's, letter that she gets from uh bill uh, yeah he says Chief willoughby he says you know a lot of times someone overhears someone bragging in a bar and that's the break you need right and then right. and then that happens and you're like okay here it is and i even said when we were in the bar i said okay he's about to overhear someone yeah because we had set that up but then it turned out not to be the the murderer definitely so since, it, yeah. it definitely with sets that, up the expectation and then pushes it the other way definitely when mm. since they put because wasn't that the same guy that was in the shop that broke yep. out bunny yeah. yeah yeah same guy yeah yeah i i liked that about it um that was actually one of my favorite aspects of yep. the, the third okay. act was the um just you know sort of playing off the framework of a traditional movie narrative where you 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 know you have the setup and then the payoff where you plant the idea in the audience's mind and then you pay it off but yep. then you, th- then it subverted it and made it feel more like uh you know real life where yeah not everything ties up you know really neatly like that although i want to i want to ask you guys do you think he did it or or don't you yeah i think he did do yeah. we want to talk about that he he, he, t- he totally didn't do it 
I... You think he didn't? Well, see, I, I found that the um, his alibi was pretty convincing, but you have to wonder how like how how in depth did they actually Ask check him that? And check. How did, yeah? How far back did they check that and make sure that he was actually out of the country? Well, and mm-hmm. and if you listen, it, it, he only says that the guy was overseas on military duty nine months before. He could have like, and then the rape happened seven months ago. Mm, so like the dates don't quite line up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like. For me, the the exposition of where like he was overseas was given by the uh, the new police uh, chief, and he was kind of presented so, sort of as like the straight man, the, the uh, voice of reason, the voice of reason in this like crazy, crazy town. So I, mm-hmm. I took that to mean that we weren't supposed to like doubt that because he would have no reason to not thoroughly investigate it since he was kind of like trying to clean up the police department to start with. Yeah. The, and the... So I was waiting for the camera to pan and show like his photo of his old platoon or something that would show us that the chief was ex-military. And hmm. because I thought that, oh, we're just protecting a good old boy, one of our own Ooh. here, was, was ah. what I was feeling in that. Because, like, of course this guy did it, right? Like, <laughs> come on! Like, what else yeah. could he have been talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, and I mean, it's like that sort of thing. How often does that happen where it could have been a completely unrelated incident, you know? Right. And on, the like, other, on the other side of that, though, he's already antagonizing um, Mildred. So he could have easily just, I mean, he obviously saw the billboard, saw everything on, he could have just been saying it to say it right. to get more people riled up. Mm. Right, just yeah, like taking they, credit for yeah, it when they, he didn't do it. I mean, they talk about the DNA not matching. That's okay, true too. But he also said that it was a group of people, so maybe the DNA they found was someone. That's a good point someone too. Someone else. <clears throat> I I will go down on this <laughs> conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm ready to fight it. That, He's guilty. Lock him up. That, that's the fun I think of how this movie ends. Like. And, like, throughout the movie, there's, like, enough, like, things that they leave up to the audience's imagination, like what Brendan was saying earlier. And, like, you could you could have any number of, like, scenarios how it ends, but it leaves that open for the audience. So I think that's a very... a much better way to end a film, I think. Yeah. Regardless, I, mean, I believe it's he not... dies. <laughs> he definitely oh, dies. It's, it's, it's for the sequel, Four Billboards Outside. Four Billboards. I, I believe um, that so... Dixon becomes a detective. I want to I want to talk about Mildred really quick. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Came up in my mind. Um, so going into this, I like expected her to be like a totally sympathetic protagonist that the audience is just gets behind and roots for <laughs> the whole way through the movie. So I was actually good luck with that. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was shocked pretty early on that like very little that she does in this is like supportable in my opinion sympathizable sympathizable yeah. yeah it's like she she becomes like an anti-hero like a walter white that we were just kind of watching and not really like wait walter white is an anti-hero huh? breaking bad was, spoilers i thought he was just a school teacher who had <laughs> cancer what happens <laughs> i've only seen the beginning of the pilot <laughs> <laughs> sorry robert <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it one day. Someday, someday. Um, but yeah, that that I, I liked that about this as well. That 
she's you know like we were saying earlier like all the characters in this are really complex she's not like you know this just the, the grieving mother like archetype yeah, yeah right she's like got a lot of flaws that you know are are hard to defend yeah um the part was written for francis mm. um and he set out because he felt in his last two movies he hadn't written very particularly complex and strong women he set out mm. to do a story huh. about a strong woman character i had no idea that's interesting yeah yeah well i think he succeeded yeah mm-hmm. yeah i will say all around the topic of mildred one thing i kind of ended up if i had to pin anything negative about this movie i think that really struck me i didn't like how so mildred like goes through the movie doing some pretty uh serious things like we mentioned the dentist thumb earlier. Also, like, literally saying the police station on fire. Like, <laughs> yeah, she 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 commits some pretty pretty serious crimes, but she never really gets seriously punished for it in any way. So that was my other comment to my wife was. So many people break the law in this film <laughs> around police, and nothing ever happens. And not just you, you don't... And not just around the police, but when Dixon goes and throws red off the top <laughs> off the uh, room out, out, just out the, out, out the window as Gene shows up <laughs> and they just like loses, he yeah. just loses his job is all yeah it's ridiculous I'm like he should like if that was real we life we'd he'd be in prison for yes yes <laughs> yes which so so like yeah, the fact that, like, so many people get away with these things, and I was trying to figure out, like, kind of reason through, like, why, what what that strikes to me, what he's trying to do in the story. And for me, I think maybe the way he constructed Mildred was because she's gone through all this awfulness, like, she doesn't have to go through the rest of it because of what she's already suffered. And so she's just kind of lashing out at people around her, and then, like, that just leads to all sorts of chaos in the town. What did you know. think of the choice of putting Mildred in the same costume throughout the entire film? I thought hmm. that that... I, I actually hadn't thought about that, but... Um, now that you say that, though, I do find it was kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. We're in that it's same uh, bandana. Uh, to a certain extent, I think that's... Well, hmm. But it shows... I mean, it shows a sense of... Uh, depression because when people are going through big things in their life like that like when Becky's mom passed away for example like which for those listening that's my wife's mom or my, so whenever she passed away like oh, people would gain weight or just not feel, when people go through depressions they just don't feel like doing anything and that her not changing right. her clothes and her outfit shows that she was going mm. through a I mean, that big, yeah. life-changing thing. Oh, yeah. I could see that. It Like, little set things like that and little costume cho- choices like that definitely, like, implicitly tell you a lot about the character without having to say it outright. Yeah. Right. Show. Mm-hmm. I also think it, like, kind of talks about, like, sort of a... I don't know, like... Honestly, Mildred doesn't really change that much as a character throughout the... Uh, story i think like she just kind of experiences all these things trying to get justice for her daughter's death but like well, she herself doesn't really change that much i think you could argue the fact that 
she isn't completely gung-ho for going and murdering this guy at the end is some sign of change. What I um what I picked out is like the, her very tiny bit of character development in this is after she goes on the date with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And he uh, he calls her out for for being such a horrible person. I didn't have to hold. I your didn't ladder. have to hold oh, your ladder. Best oh. line in this film. It was so good. So it's just like such Peter a great Dinklage, like punctuation mark on that scene. I didn't have to hold your ladder. But and then, um, and then after that turns around that her husband was the one who, who burnt down the billboards and not the police. Was it? Yeah. Uh, the fact that she doesn't like club her husband, or ex-husband over the head with a bottle of wine. Right, is the character development, but mm-hmm. yes, that you do find out that the husband was the one that burnt down the uh, billboards. Oh, I, m- I missed that part. The, yeah. was, that in, yep. was that in the it, dinner scene? Yeah, it, yeah was it was in the dinner scene. It was kind of a throwaway line, but mm-hmm. he, he basically he ma- says that he, he mentions. Did it. Yeah, I, I made some mistakes last night. Or oh. Something to that effect. Yeah, I, I totally missed that. I, yeah. I commented on it when we were watching, it and you didn't say anything. I was like, "Huh." Oh, I must have been uh, focused on something. <laughs> focused on something else, I guess. Um. Yeah, I think I said all I wanted to say on that. That was for me. That was where the most character development happened. I agree. For her, um, in my opinion. Let's discuss the chief. Ah, uh, the chief. Well, so this was another interesting reversal of my expectations going into this, because kind of reverse of what I expected for Mildred. I expected Chief Willoughby to be like this you know, snidely whiplash, mwahaha, you know, racist police officer. Right. Um, but then by the end of it, like, he, in my opinion, was, like, one of the most reasonable characters in the, yep. the whole film. So, yeah, it was just, like, an interesting, you know, very nuanced kind of character, not uh, not a caricature. Throwing um, vials of blood at Wall is, like, a huge <laughs> biohazard. <laughs> don't don't do it, kids. Don't do it. Um, but he he could have just checked himself out like that, right? He could have decided he didn't want to stay after the doctors were like, "You shouldn't be throwing up blood. You should <laughs> stay here." Yep. Um, what did we think about his death scene? Oh gosh. <laughs> I think that of any movie character, this person wrote the most suicide notes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And here's one for the mailman, and here's one for for the father, and here's one for my horse. Yeah, right. Here's one for the other horse. But I also kind of enjoyed it. I mean, because as much as it seems like he gave one to everyone, he (laughs) he did. He was a little bit more personal, though. Mm, yeah. Like for each of the what? How many did he write? Four. He wrote like three different ones. One to the wife. One to the. He Mildred. wrote three there. that we know of, plus the. Because he said he wrote the. Go and find these letters. Yeah, letters. there is letters. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he says there's a longer one up in the bedroom for the uh, wife. Yeah, so there is four here. Yeah. Total and then that we know of. The one for Mildred and the one for Sam. Uh, Jason. Played by Sam Rockwell. (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought his death scene was interesting. Um, I definitely didn't see it coming. Yeah, um, I would say that that was... So at first I thought he was going to shoot the horses, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> because wife was like, I'm going to shoot those horses. And he says, I'll take care of it. Yeah. And oh, then he right. walks out there. Oh, yeah, I and agree. I was like, oh, no, because I don't like violence towards animals. Violence towards people is fine. But I was about <laughs> to be really sad for these horses. And well, then I was he, like, I... oh, wait, oh, wait, no, no, no. I yeah, saw him, he had the black bag in his hand. I thought he was going to hang himself. Yep, that's what I was about going to say. I initially thought that it was going to be a hang-in. I was like, oh, well, he's killing himself now. And then the whole don't take this off until yeah. everyone gets here. Ooh. I was like, ooh. ooh just call the boys. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. That was, yeah, that was pretty That was intense. a powerful scene. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Don't, don't swear in front of the kids, though. That, that mm, no. Not good parenting. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I I did appreciate his like little spiel to them when they're setting up their fishing game, like just all the profanity thrown into there. I I found that uh, pretty humorous throughout the scenes they did that. Was anyone yeah. else like terrified something bad was going to happen, like leaving little girls alone with like? Yes, I thought something bad was going to like some. I thought they were going to get like kidnapped or something. I did think that though. Right, raped and that murdered. the rapist was yeah. going to come back. Yeah. Nope. It was just... I didn't even cross my mind. Now that you guys <laughs> mentioned it, yeah, I probably should have been on edge, but no, <laughs> nope. didn't nope. didn't even occur to me. Nice. Um, there was another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about with this movie. Oh, oh. And that is something that has slipped my mind. So Elliot's going to talk about cinematography now. Yeah, let's talk about cinematography. <laughs> Um, I, all the scenes on the road with the billboards, I thought were very well framed. Um, it seems like they shot those things from every conceivable angle. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they just did a good job overall framing stuff and <clears throat> just kind of capturing like a rural Missouri vibe in this movie. Fun that fact, it was, it was short, it was shot in, uh, North Carolina. Ah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, they never film things where they're actually supposed to be. It would be too easy. Um, <laughs> 33 days of production. Okay. Huh. I will say, Dang. as easy as this probably was, this part was to shoot, my favorite shot, camera shot that they had was him looking through his bandage. Oh, in the hospital? Yes. I, I just always have a spot, soft spot for those like point shots. of view yeah POV yeah I I want to talk about the uh, the one or I when Dixon yes. goes into the uh, real estate office and checks yes. the guy out the window yeah the I mean oneers are always impressive this one when you think about the practical stunts that they had to do as part of it just makes it that much more impressive yeah yeah um it uh, was scheduled for a whole day of filming, um, <laughs> but they actually got it by lunchtime. Um, really? Six, six takes is what they did of that. Six takes? Six takes. Six wow. shots. Dun, 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 dun! I, I, I was Easter going egg. to post this later, but uh, I found out the director, one of his first films he did, Six Shooter. <gasps> yes. Dun, dun, dun! For everyone confused, good. 
<laughs> Everyone we, listening to this. Do, do we want to explain it or do you just leave no. it? Easter egg. No, let's, let, Easter let's, egg. Let's, let's, let's just keep moving. We can explain <laughs> that another day. Although, this is the sixth episode. Oh. Uh -oh. So, that's what we should do, is we should do a month looking at our own stuff. Oh, oh no. Only if we can do a six shots episode. Only of course. Drink. Yeah. Only if we can drink. <laughs> Oh, that that'll be the live show, guys. <laughs> Tickets will go on sale soon. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, no, that's I. I think the one shot, the just all the things I had to go through that, like breaking all the door windows, and then like breaking mm -hmm. the window, tossing them out. Like that shot was so impressive to watch. There would have been a lot of reset for oh, additional takes. Yep. But, like, if you think about it, like, he, I'm pretty sure part of the same shot, he's, like, throws him out the window and then goes down to him at the window and they, like, change his, like, makeup on his face and, like, clothes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, right, that's a, why I'm saying. There's a double used. Yeah. Uh, in there. Uh, Somewhere. Okay. For but the yeah. actual, like, throwing. After, I think, the, the first, like, hit, it stops being the actor and it becomes uh, and double he just... until he's down on the street again. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. They had well, to swap them out. Still impressive, point. but yeah. But yeah, logistics of things like that are just always kind of crazy to kind of wrap your head around how they uh, actually yeah. make it happen. There, like even even like transportation department, like the car needed to pull up just at the right moment and stop, and uh, like there's just so much choreography in that. Good stuff. Good filmmaking. Ten out of ten. Good filmmaking. Do we want to talk about the music? I was just going to bring that up. Uh, I really, like, the music was very sparse, but mm -hmm. w were any of the tracks written, like, original for the score, or were they all just kind of taking songs from other places? That's fine. I don't know. I didn't, I felt like I knew um, most the of The score them. was by uh, Carter Burwell. Burwell. Carter Burwell. I think he did the score for Fargo also, hmm. the original Fargo. But yeah, outside the uh, utilized songs that weren't written for this film, I thought the score was very, uh, very sp sparingly and well used. I think. I think it play. It's playing something during like the scene where the billboards are on fire. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I enjoyed the music throughout. I enjoyed like the playing, him listening to Abba as everyone's finding out about. Um... Wallaby committing suicide, and then what was that? Mm. And then whatever that other song was that was going on whenever he was reading the note. Well, the becoming a detective. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about the brilliant choice of having a pet turtle? <laughs> I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. I hadn't really thought about it until you pointed it out. That's it's the secret a, hero. It's big... such a great little choice. Like, you know what'll be great? He'll just have a pet turtle. It fits with Sandy Martin, though. Like, a lot of... If you go back so to, like... So, I don't watch Always Sunny, um, but I, I have heard that in other things reading that this was basically the same character for her. See, and oh, okay. I, I haven't watched a whole lot of, which I've watched some of the episodes with her in it, but, like, her having, like, in Napole she was in Napoleon Dynamite. They had a pet llama. Oh, right. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was the mom in Napoleon Dynamite. I totally didn't realize she's that. She's just a funny, like, she's, I don't feel like she's really, a lot of stuff she's in, she's not 
fully needed, but she does push mm-hmm. it, the story along a little bit, just a nudge. Yeah. And I think she's a great actress, personally. Yeah. Her her freaking out when he came home after being beaten up was another pretty powerful scene. Yeah, yeah. Not to belittle her performance, but I think my favorite scene with her was when she was asleep on the couch and the turtle was just crawling on her. her yes, <laughs> that was a good yes, shot. That was, that was funny. Uh, I, I I think in terms of like the character, I appreciated the fact that for like the I'd say the first three quarters of the film. Like, Dixon's just this awful, awful human being. Mm-hmm. But, like, having scenes with her kind of humanizes him a little bit. So exactly. he's not entirely fully hateable. So, I see, like, because I didn't really get why we were spending so much time with Dixon until the end of the movie um, mm-hmm. when he kind of became more of a main character with more agency. Yeah. Yeah, because um, at that moment he turned around when he saved the, the file from the fire... Right. From there right, to yeah. the end, it's just that turning point from antagonist to hero, pretty much. Dixon mm-hmm. did nothing wrong. <laughs> Absolutely well, I wouldn't, nothing wouldn't wrong. say that. <laughs> you might want to rescind that statement. <laughs> that that was one of the aspects I enjoyed more of the movie was the fact that like you didn't really understand who the like main focuses of the movie were until like yeah. well underway. Yeah. Yeah, we spent about pretty much equal time with. Uh, Mildred and Chief Willoughby and, and Dixon, you know, in the, the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Baby Driver is okay. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the uh, the kid, Robbie, was not Baby Driver. Even uh, though I, I said that during the the movie, but I uh, looked I'm it up later. It's, baby it's not Baby Driver. It's Baby Driver to me. <laughs> <laughs> He was funny. Like he he was good in all the Fruit Loop Boy. Scenes. Fruit Loop Boy. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that he had a pretty good range for everything mm-hmm. that he had to do. Yeah. Um, him confronting his mom when they were driving home um, about the billboards and how she wasn't really mm. like considering his point of view. That was, yeah, yeah. That was a good scene. Well. Wow. Any other thoughts? Uh, this I... might be a short one this week. <laughs> Overall, just such a like well-crafted movie. It's very, very well done. I find this to be like the irony of, of movie podcasts is that the longer ones tend to be the ones where people are more uh, viciously debating the movie, and then it ends up being shorter when everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good film. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, good choice. Well, thanks. Agreed. Well done. What's up next week, guys? Blade oh, Runner. Phil's Blade pick. Runner. Blade okay. Runner 2049. Well, I no vow to hate that one so we can nice. have a nice long uh, <laughs> there, podcast. Unless if Blade all of Runner's... you are going to hate it. We have to decide well, now. Well, not to... Yeah, before, before we watch it. Not to put down three billboards or, or make it... You know, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. But I think that there's more um, thematic allegorical stuff to talk about with Blade Runner. Like more, um, it's a more heady kind of movie than Three Billboards. Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably have plenty to talk about. Yeah, cool. Blade so... Runner, just, there's so much going on. Who who all has already seen it? I've, I haven't. Phil and I have both seen it. 
I have not. I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, here we go. Um, Has everyone seen the original? Well, it depends what you mean. <laughs> yeah, do, do you want to tell the story, Robert? So, uh, I watched what I thought What? Well, no. I watched <laughs> the original. The original original. Um, when I was traveling on vacation um, a couple weeks ago. And I was talking to Elliot about it afterwards, and he was like, well, well, which edit did you watch? And I was like, uh, the one that you can rent on iTunes? What, what do you mean? What? Turns out that uh, this movie was worked on for like 30 years off and on, and there's multiple edits, and... Some of them are official, and some are less accepted and appreciated. But I watched the first one, which arguably is not the best, but <laughs> is the first. So there's that. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Phil's already kind of given us his uh, 1 through 10 score. I think we're kind of shifting into scores rather than desert island choices so uh mm. elliot what uh what would you give this hmm i'd go hmm i'd go it's, eight solid eight it's right under what i'd consider a desert island possibility yeah i i don't know that i would want to watch this forever on a desert island right like it's yeah. a pretty dark uh kind of movie um, brennan what about you I'd give it a, probably a, I think I'm a fill an eight and a half, maybe even a nine. I I really enjoyed it. I felt like I I feel like I could watch it, being the only movie on an island for a while. I don't know how long it would take me to actually get tired of it. Um, yeah, like not yeah. if you were gonna die on the island, but if you were gonna get rescued, maybe it's a choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I mean. I think I would probably, just to be boring and unexciting, probably give it an 8 as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, solid, solid film. Yeah, yeah there's nothing definitely really... an improvement over last time's movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think we can all agree that Elliot is terrible at picking films. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, good podcast, guys. Thanks for podding with me. I'll uh, talk to you next week. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye.